Welcome to the Heart to Heart Spiritual Direction Podcast with Father Michael Stalla, Spiritual Advisor of Hope's Garden. At Hope's Garden, it is all about the heart, the heart of Christ the Bridegroom, and how His love is healing our hearts, marriages, and families. You can learn more about the Bridegroom at hopesgarden.com. My name is Father Michael Stala. I am the spiritual director for Hope's Garden. Today's topic is about chastity. The human body was made in such a way that it edified and showed forth the human soul. You shouldn't really think of distinguishing the two. To take the soul out of a body would be really to make the body into a cadaver. However, the body and soul are intimately linked. We therefore must treat the body with a great deal of respect as it is the embodiment of a spiritual reality that is intended for heaven itself. At the same time, I must nourish my soul, and I do so by using the opportunities the body lends to me. My hearing, my seeing, my thinking, these are bodily functions that the soul participates in and is nourished, preparing me to be a true disciple here on earth and eventually a saint in heaven. Now, with a deep sense of respect for my soul, for the eternal spirit that will live on in heaven, I must also have a deep respect for the body that does more than contains it, but manifests it, that shows it forth. My goal is to have my outward body truly and authentically, genuinely reflect the dignity of my spiritual soul. So therefore, I should not have an outward appearance that somehow betrays that. I shouldn't show people that I'm one way when inside I'm different. And sometimes it's a work in progress. I understand we're sinners. We might have thoughts that are not very uh, polished and they're inside. But outwardly, I continue to have my poker face and try to show myself as holy. But I'm working on it. I'm working on becoming the saint that I was called to be. At the same time, I shouldn't have my body show forth that I'm some sort of wicked person when internally I am really working toward holiness. I should not show forth myself as merely material when I am, in fact, body and soul together. I should not outwardly show myself to be of a sinful nature while inside I am continuing to call myself a child of God. It's about reconciling the two, body and soul, so that they authentically show forth who I am. Ultimately, this will be betrayed because my body continues to age, and eventually it doesn't really apply to the youth of my own soul. But to the best of my ability and the choices that I make, I can show forth, both in the visible and in action, the dignity of my soul. The first way that I do that is modesty. I dress in such a way that shows forth beauty, but not necessarily in an attempt to grab people's attention or to manipulate lust. I would want my outward beauty not to take people's focus off of my inner dignity so that I could kind of play with their attractions. That's not what I want to do. I want to keep them focused on the whole person. There's kind of an expression. It's a, a, almost a comical thing in our culture. My eyes are up here. 
It means that somebody's eyes are looking somewhere other than at my eyes, that they're looking at my body as if it is an object separate from me, that it's something that I desire while I don't desire or respect the person. And this call to say my eyes are up here is to remind them I am a person. And when you look at me, I expect you to look at me with respect to see the dignity of body and soul. In the same way, I also believe that we are called to act in chastity. So modesty is connected to chastity, but so is the actions. In the act of living in chastity, I must be reminded that my outward actions must be authentic, must be genuine to my inner dignity. This means that actions like kissing and affection, other ways in which we uh, physically show our love for one another, is done so not as a manipulation, not as an attempt to say, well, I don't have worth in general, but at least I have worth in my sexuality. That would be betraying the dignity of the soul. It should always be done in a way that is not manipulative, but a true expression of a love of the other person and a desire to have an intimacy, but an intimacy of mutual respect and care. Now, believe it or not, it is possible for people to turn that off. There are some great testimonies of people who had kissed or engaged in sexual relations with somebody that they did not love, somebody that they just wanted the the benefit of attention, that they wanted perhaps just the physical attraction or the physical pleasure. And then they were going to discard this person. They were not looking to form a true, loving, permanent relationship with this person. If we're going to be chased, this means that we can't lie in those actions. When we give our bodies one to another, it means that we are fully connected to this person. I totally want to give myself to you and that I truly know who you are. And I believe that you know who I am and that I am a gift for you and you are a gift for me, not a momentary gift, but a gift of a life. And that this gift is open to a deeper sense of marriage, sense of commitment, a sense of fidelity. Ultimately, this is what everyone wants. It's deeply written in our hearts. We would love to be loved permanently. We would love to be loved totally. We would love to be loved faithfully. We expect that from the other person. In our culture, we continually try to separate those things out. When we try to use sexuality without connecting it to the dignity of the person or or with a sense of fidelity and permanence and authentic love, when we separate it just for the sake of other pleasures or gains, this is an act of unchastity. This is when we begin to use people We're not to use people. We're to love people commanded by God. We are not to use people for our own sexual gratification, but that sex and sexual actions might be authentic expressions of love, intimacy, respect, commitment, and faithfulness. So a lot of times people have confusions about this within marriage. I suppose they confuse the word chastity with celibacy. Before we're married, chastity really means you're allowed to date, 
you should never be inauthentic in your kiss and signs of expression. You should not go as far as to have sexual relations because you are not fully committed to each other. You're still getting to know each other. It is after marriage that you've said, yes, we know each other. And yes, I commit my life to you. That sexual intimacy is permissible as sexual intercourse. However, even at that moment, it still must be a sign of reverence, of respect, of authentic love, not of manipulation, not for personal pleasure or personal gain. Sure. Is it pleasurable? Yes. Is it holy? Yes. It should always be both, never to separate one from the other. And so the act of saying, this is my expression of love to my spouse, really takes away kind of the sense of using each other and instead becomes loving each other, an expression of the dignity of my soul and the dignity of your soul in a gift that God gave specifically to married couples in a faithfulness. Now, this means that if a person is not in the mood, there's other ways of loving each other that do not require us to say, well, I must give in to your desires of the flesh. There's no need to do that. There's a way of speaking, a way of even touching each other's hands, a way of expressing to each other love and affection with respect. And it doesn't have to go as far as to say, you must give in to what you don't want to do so as to satisfy my physical desires. Instead, keep it all connected. It's about love, respect, intimacy, holiness. So if one or the other partner is not in the mood, if it is not an appropriate moment, it should never be used simply for self-gratification or for manipulation. Always keep it as an authentic expression of love and respect for each other. This requires, of course, a great deal of communication between the couple and a trust to say that now is not the time or I am not in the mood or that this action that you are doing is not communicating love to me, but instead communicating dominance or uh, somehow uh, belittling me. That level of communication will help the partners, the husband and wife, to then become more chaste. Because as you communicate with each other what is authentically expressing love, the better you will be at loving each other, and the action becomes more chaste. So communication is important. For a lot of couples, they're not used to communicating about these things. They just There's a lot of unspoken things. And so we feel a little bit like children when we have to talk about it. But like Adam and Eve, God gave you only one person to be in this level of intimacy. You can be like children. You can just talk with each other. And this will help you to find the authentic expression of love for each other that is reverent and understood by the other person as a way of being loved. And then it becomes chaste love. No more manipulations, no more self-gratifications, no belittling each other, no using each other, but truly showing forth what the sacrament was meant to do, to show that the two have become one in body and soul. So I ask Almighty God to help you in your chastity, to see it not as something dirty, but as something holy, to hold the pieces together, and to be sincere and genuine in your love for one another. If you ever have difficulties in knowing where the line is drawn, you can always talk to a confessor about it. You must admit that most priests 
are less comfortable talking about these issues. So you might want to find a confessor who is comfortable talking about this, who's able to give good advice. Not all of them are capable, but keep looking. They're out there. There are plenty of people, even if it's not every one of them, that can be a guide along this path. Amen.